Well, in the past, by and large, Christian parents in America raised their kids to assimilate into the culture. But that was when American culture had, for the most part, accepted and lived by Judeo-Christian moral values. Today, the cultural pendulum has swung far from any semblance of the biblical standard that once shaped it. So now we have to raise our kids in a more intentional way, one that prepares them to swim against the flow of our culture. Today, we'll be talking with Focus on the Family's Adam Holtz about the role entertainment might play, not only in shaping our culture, but in our homes and churches as well. This is Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder of Shepherd's Hill and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill. Our goal in Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. So, Trace, you know, here at Shepherd's Hill Academy, you get a firsthand look at how our culture largely through entertainment, has shaped the appetites and the attitudes and actions of our teens. But you also see just how hungry kids are for objective truth and the exercising of personal responsibility. Can, can you please talk into that for me? Yeah, well, we know parents are still the greatest influence on our kids, but the other parent, our culture, is running neck and neck for first also. And this cultural parent is the cool and permissive parent. I mean, what naive teen wouldn't want that, right? I mean, the question is, do we want our teens to be naive or entertained into imbecility? Mm-hmm. Our kids at Shepherd's Hill Academy realize this. Why? Well, for a season, they're required to disengage from today's negative cultural influences. This allows them time and energy to explore and understand their deeper needs, things that offer them real value and purpose, identity, and belonging. Because these deeper needs are not satisfied by illicit sex, drugs, rock and roll, or things that glitter. So kids are required to exercise responsibility. No, they don't like it at first, but in due time, even they come to realize the futility and the things that they thought would bring them the ultimate, namely an overabundance of entertainment and temporal pleasures. But at Shepherd's Hill Academy, our kids routinely engage in things that too often just weren't required back home. And though kids aren't required to love or serve Jesus, they do at least get a chance to get what Paul Harvey used to call the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. And they're drawn to it. They're drawn to Jesus Christ, not because they're required to, but because they've been given a chance to experience his love and the logic behind the things that he taught. The things we actually require from our kids are things that any good parent would require. This then makes entertainment that much more entertaining. That's so true. And I think our guest has something to say about that today. We are going to welcome back Adam Holtz with Plugged In. After serving as an associate editor at Nav Press Discipleship Journal and consulting editor for Current Thoughts and Trends, Adam now oversees the editing and publishing of Plugged In's reviews, reviews of movies, games, books, and music. And Adam is the site's director. He and his wife, Jennifer, have three children. And in their free time, the Holtz enjoy playing games, a variety of musical instruments, swimming, and of course, watching movies. Well, Adam, welcome back to the Licensed to Parent broadcast. Thanks, Trace. Glad to be here. Well, our ministry here at Shepherd's Hill uses an unplugged 
naturalistic environment for a full year to prepare troubled teenagers to go back into a plugged-in environment for the rest of their lives. Your ministry of focus on the family is called Plugged In. Yes. Uh, please tell our audience what they should know about uh, your work at, at Plugged In and why our ministries are complementary and not contradictory to one another. Well, Plugged In is focused on the family's media discernment and review website, and we also deal a great deal with technology in addition to entertainment. We're probably best known for our movie reviews, mm-hmm. but we also review TV, books, video games, YouTube channels, music and popular apps and that sort of thing. And by review, I I think that we mean something different. Uh, we, we really strive to provide not just an, a subjective artistic or aesthetic opinion about a given movie, but we're trying to provide objective content. And you may ask, well, how can it be objective? So we want to let you know all of the content that you can expect to find. And we break that down categorically into positive elements, spiritual elements, sexuality, violence, language, drug and alcohol content, you know, other attitudes and things that might be negative. Uh, And then we kind of, you know, summarize things. And Mm -hmm. our job is not to tell you whether to engage or not to engage in something, but to give you the information you need to do that as well as possible. And we try to do that as objectively as we can as well. So that's sort of the, the tip of the spear, if you will. Like your kid comes home and says, Mom, Dad, all my friends are going to see Cocaine Bear. It sounds awesome. Can I go see Cocaine Bear, which was a real movie uh, earlier this year? But I think at the bigger level, we want to do exactly what you're talking about, which is our hope is that as you interact with our content and our reviews over time, you begin to see us not only as that, you know, right in the moment decision-making resource, but we want to model what it looks like to think biblically and discerningly about this whole sea of entertainment that we're swimming in today. And that Mm -hmm. sea has never been bigger. There have never been more waves or bigger waves because everybody's a content creator these days. It's not just the three Mm -hmm. networks or movie studios. You've got YouTube, you've got TikTok, you've got, you know, all manner of platforms with people pushing ideas, agendas, messages, uh, and content at our kids all the time. So, we want to equip you and help you to equip your kids to navigate that world. So with, with so many uh, people leaning on, on other people who they respect for moral and spiritual guidance, why wouldn't you let your people know your position on certain things? Well, well, we, we do. Uh, I mean, certainly you're going to get a sense of uh, what the issues are and a level of caution if there are a lot of things there. Um, as a general rule, we're not going to say, absolutely don't go this movie, you know, unless it's something like, you know, Saw 10, you don't need to go see (laughs) Saw 10. Uh, you don't need to go see, uh, the exorcist believer. Um, so certainly with things that are more obvious, um, there, I think that we can be a little bit more black and white, but there's a lot of stuff that is in the more gray zone, uh, you know, and, and individual families are deciding, okay, how do we navigate that? What, what do we think about that? How do we respond to the questions that that is posing? Because as our kids get older, they're going to have to answer those questions for themselves. So I think that what we would advocate as a model where as our kids are really young, we do a lot of avoiding, right? We just say, you know what? 
that is out of bounds. And right. But as they move into their middle and later teen years, if they're still in our homes, we believe that there's an opportunity to give them some chance to practice that decision-making themselves and to be actively engaged in watching and evaluating and thinking about things with them so that when they're on their own, they have had opportunity to really practice those things. Mm. And it doesn't mean that they're always going to make the right choice, but you know they're not starting from ground zero when they walk out the house at 18, because I think that doesn't really equip them to thrive and to grow in their faith in the world that we live in. Yeah. So Adam, do you see that you guys are a companion for parents in helping them have some of these discussions about the entertainment that their kids are taking in? Yeah, absolutely. We want to be that arm around friend that says, all right, let's talk about this. Uh, and in fact, we have a book coming out next March called The Screen Savvy Family. You know, how do we think wisely about the influences that are being exerted? So there is that big picture worldview and theological framework. And then there's the, you know, boots on the ground, nuts and bolts stuff. Yeah, this week, uh, you're not going to go see The Exorcist Believer, right? That's a hard no. But we can take those things as they come and, and really hopefully equip parents to have those conversations with their kids. Mm. Yes, you talked about gray zones. Uh, should parents view something like TikTok as a gray zone? Well, I think it is. And here's why. TikTok in and of itself is a platform. Now, we could talk about the fact that it's owned by a Chinese company and maybe they're listening to us. Look, if you're online, every keystroke that you make, somebody is watching what you're doing. So I think that our baseline is we have to realize that we're in a world where these companies, their goal is to get you to voluntarily surrender as much of your life and your time as you will willingly give them, whether we're talking TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, that sort of thing. So I think we need to talk about the specifics of what TikTok is, and it's a short video platform. So you can find videos that deal with virtually every subject under the sun. A lot of them are just inane. You know, a guy puts on a dog costume and sneaks into a room full of cats and they go crazy. Uh, there's not anything theologically problematic with that. And sometimes, frankly, we just need a good laugh. Um, I think the next level of consideration is how many of us ever got on a short form video platform, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, you never spend 15 seconds or 30 seconds there. You look up and it's like, oh man, I've been scrolling mindlessly through these videos for 45 minutes. And so there's a stewardship component here and an intentionality mm -hmm. component and I think those conversations are just as important and maybe more important even than the actual content itself. And some of the content can be really good. My kids have some, some TikTokers that are faith-oriented that they watch that I think have been really helpful for them. But on the other hand, there is that compulsion to just keep consuming. And so the question of how do we put boundaries on it, both in terms of content and how much you're engaging with it uh, so that it doesn't become overwhelming. And, and I think that one of the bigger problems is the short form video platform, regardless of the content, I do think it's contributing to further obliterating our attention spans. Mm -hmm. So some of the concerns that I have about TikTok actually are more philosophical concerns. And then, you know, of course, 
you have people doing dangerous things and risky things and sexy things. And that's a problem too. Yeah. When we come back from the break, I want to go back to TikTok with a couple of questions uh, that I'd like to ask you about that. Because uh, one of the things you can chew on is, should we really trust our teenagers to have the kind of governor that you and I might have uh, as far as time spent on it, content on it, things like that. So we'll, we'll be back uh, here in just a little bit. We're talking with Adam Holtz from PluggedIn.com. We'll be back with more Licensed to Parent after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherds Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can learn more about Shepherd's Hill at LicensedToParent.org. Today, we are talking with Adam Holtz. And just before the break, Trace asked Adam a very big and grilling question. Adam, do you remember <laughs> what that was? Yeah, I mean, he just asked how much can we can really trust our teens to set limits appropriately on their engagement with TikTok. And Honestly, the answer is it depends. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's a one size fits all answer here. Mm-hmm. I think as parents, our responsibility is to have a clear sense of who our kids are, what they're doing, what their general maturity level is, and what their weaknesses and vulnerabilities are. And I think all of those things come into play when we talk about building a relationship of trust where we give them the freedom to make their own decisions. So, for example, my oldest, who's 17, is on Instagram. He mostly posts guitar videos because he plays electric guitar and gets feedback. And he uses it, I think, in a pretty limited and pretty healthy way. Um, my girls, when they get on to something like TikTok, 
if I let them, they will stay on all day long. And so we have different parameters in place. And so there is the importance of understanding who your kids are, what their weaknesses are, and the boundaries that you have to uh, to really set and enforce as parents. Uh, but then also engaging them with them relationally, because I think if we just say, well, it's been an hour, it's time to get off, maybe the issue is not how much time they've spent on it, but what they have engaged with. And we want to be really building that relationship and saying, hey, you know, let's talk about what you're watching. Let's talk about what you're drawn to. And let's talk about how that's influencing you. And depending on your kids, you may give them more or less freedom in that area to make their own decisions. And, and I'll be honest, my wife and I are probably a little more permissive than some parents might be. We tend to parent pretty intuitively and I tend to try to pay attention to how things are influencing them. Uh, is that the right approach? Is it that is that the prescriptive approach? Maybe not. I mean, it, it really depends on your personality style as a parent and upon your kids. And I think as parents, we all sort of are somewhere on that that pendulum or the you know the distribution between grace on one side and truth on the other, mm -hmm. right? We probably lean one way or the other. I think it's really important to know how you lean on that continuum. That's the word I was looking for on that continuum, because if you're super heavy on truth, you actually may need to be more intentional on the grace side of things. But if you're big into grace, it may be that your kids actually need more rules from you and more guidance. So what's your natural bent there? My wife and I That's both good. probably tend to the grace side of that continuum. So we have to help each other. It's like, okay, our natural bent is to say yes, we probably need to be setting some more rules. So you set up boundaries with your kids. And did you have conversations around those boundaries? Do you have a contract that you wrote up around those boundaries? Or what does that look like? You know, we're again, a little bit loosey goosey. It's more it seems like you've been on that enough. Let's do something else right now. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a timer going, uh, but we do have an understanding that being in your room with your device, with the door closed for hours on end is not the healthy way to interact with each sure. other. So for us, it means checking in mm -hmm. and, and really talking about what they're engaging with. Uh, and maybe that's too much good top cop and not enough bad cop. But my kids also come to me and say, hey, I saw this. Or my youngest daughter has, I think, a pretty sensitive conscience. She watched a video a while back that wasn't a big deal, but it pricked her conscience that maybe she shouldn't be watching it. She came to us apologetic and in tears, mm -hmm. and we talked through that. So I think the bigger principle is relationship. What are you doing to create relationship with your kids so that you have that trust and respect. And if you find out your kids are doing something secretive and something that's really destructive, well, then there have to be consequences for that, mm -hmm. right? We say, okay, we want to love you and respect you and trust you, but that trust has been violated. And so the consequences, stricter limits are taking those screens away for a time. You know, I, I want to just take one step further in this whole TikTok thing. 
Uh, you mentioned good cop, bad cop. I used to be a cop. <laughs> I know, I know about all that. But I'm sure you were a good cop. Uh, well, I just want to say you that. know what? I, 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 I don't want to brag, <laughs> but I'd like to say that I was a wise cop and mm, not a good or a bad good. cop. Because if you're doing your job as a cop, you're not going to be looked at as a good cop all the time. Exactly. Depending, That's depending right. on the violator. So I, I think the same applies to parents. Now we know that China is doing all they can to undermine our nation's uh, influence in the world. World. And you know, if we know that TikTok uh, looks totally different uh, on the screens uh, in front of kids in China than they do in America, should that not be a tip-off that we're putting our kids in front of something that could be an indoctrination, regardless of how innocuous it may seem on the surface or how much we trust our kids, but that maybe... And it might require a deep, deep conversation with the kids themselves about that very subject. But, you know, there may be some things where you have to kind of err on the side of caution and say, look, in our family, this is this is where we're going we're gonna, to – we're just going to cut it off here or there, wherever it might be, whether it's TikTok or YouTube video, whatever. And i just like you to respond to that. And just oh, hear yeah. Your, your thoughts on that. No, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think um, what – I think is easy as Christian parents is to be so black and white in our thinking right. mm-hmm. in a, a way that if all we ever say is, oh, I heard that TikTok's garbage, not in our house. That's really different from, you know what? I've done some research. There's some things about TikTok that I'm really concerned about. We're not going to go there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that it's important to you. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point down the road, Maybe we can revisit that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like the way that we deal with it, if we come in with a really heavy hand, what it communicates to our kids or can communicate is you don't understand and you don't care. And so we do need to communicate. Actually, I've done my homework. I do understand. I know what the issues here are. And I love you enough that I'm going to protect you from those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I think... Um, uh, the TikTok conversation, the bigger, I, I think I am less worried about indoctrination per se, because it's mostly user generated content than I am my kids turning into mindless consumption zombies, right? Mm-hmm. That we know neurologically that when you watch these short videos, you're getting a little dopamine. Hit. Right, and I know your ministry trace deals you you deal with helping kids get through addiction right. and so there is absolutely with all of these forms of social media there's an addictive quality to it because our brains get habituated to wanting another hit of that and i think mm-hmm. that is one of the big philosophical questions or issues that i think not just tiktok because frankly i think instagram facebook all of these platforms have short video capacity so it's a problem with all of them. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Metaphorically speaking, it seems that here in America, we no longer live in Jerusalem. We're now living in Babylon. Uh, generally speaking, how much of a role, if any, has entertainment played in this transition? Well, I think it's played a huge role. I think so, too. Uh, and, and I think that entertainment has become what some have called a super peer. And we know um, from research, Common Sense Media which technically is our competitor, but they do some good work. So I'll give them credit where credit's due. They do a study every couple of years called the the media census, where they look at a broad um, survey sample size of kids and find out what they're doing. 
we know that the average eight to 12 year old is spending about five and a half hours a day on screens. We know that the average 13 to 18 year old is spending north of eight hours a day. And that's after school related stuff, engaging with screens. What else has that kind of pipeline into their soul? Well, nothing does. Uh, that That is the influence. And so the question about boundaries, and boundaries has to do with what are we watching, how much are we watching, and where are we watching it? Those are the, you know, what, when, and where are the questions we have to answer as parents. It's yeah. absolutely influencing us. And I want to go back um, and just touch really briefly on just in the last 30 years, we have seen a fundamental transformation of American society on the issue of homosexuality. Uh, how did that happen? Well, in 2012, uh, Joe Biden was vice president, and he said something that uh, I actually, maybe surprisingly, thought was right on the money. He said, Will and Grace did more to normalize homosexuality in this country than any other factor. Mm-hmm. Well, how did that happen? You know what? When we're laughing at something, mm-hmm. our defenses are down. We're yeah. fundamentally disarmed. Um, and that's just one example of a how I think entertainment normalizes a worldview that is absolutely at odds with a Christian worldview. And we could come up with a zillion other examples, but that that's what's going on. Uh, you know, I'm so glad you talked about comedy because that was one of the questions down the line. I wasn't going to get to it, but you mentioned it, so let's get to it. Why do comedians seem to get a pass uh, in influencing our American citizenry, particularly our kids, with some very offensive and and dangerous ideologies? I've heard more than a few comedians say that comedy is all about pushing boundaries. Why is that a fallacious statement? I thought comedy was about making people laugh. And I'm thinking about Tim Hawkins, who doesn't use any any uh, profanity or hocus pocus. That is a fallacious statement to say that comedy is about pushing boundaries. Am I wrong or right about that? Well, I think you're right and potentially wrong. I think it's both and. I don't think it's either or. I think entertainment in general, when you do something extreme, when you do something transgressive, it gets attention, mm-hmm. right? In the 70s, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And now you have to work really hard to find anything in the realm of sexuality that's transgressive, right? right. Because everything's been normalized. Slippery it's slope. virtually impossible to shock anybody sexually See, that's my anymore. point. Because you're going to push the boundaries until, you know, what's a poor rebel to do? There's, no, there's nothing more to push. Right, exactly. But I, but I was also going to say the best comedy, whether it's clean or dirty, best in terms of being able to get a laugh, are it's not different than any form of communication, It like good writing. It's because somebody has seen something clearly and they have connected it in such a way that you can relate to it. So Tim Hawkins has his yoga pants song, right? <laughs> you know, it's a funny mm-hmm. song in which he sort of reflects on this strange garment and how it has affected our culture. We can all relate to it. It's funny. And so I think good comedy is really about seeing well. Well, Adam, we are out of time, and I wish we weren't because I feel like we just started scratching the surface of where we could go with this conversation. But thank you so much for your ministry and for your work there at Plugged In. You bet. Thank you. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Adam Holtz. Check out PluggedIn.com. 
Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. If you have a question about raising teens today, even difficult teens, please send us your question. We want to help you. And Trace just might answer your question on an upcoming broadcast. Again, that's radio at licensedtoparent.org. And just so you know, construction is still happening on our campus here at Shepherds Hill. We are currently raising funds for our shower house, and it's been over 20 years since any updates have been done. So we figured now's as good a time as any. Would you consider being a part of what God is doing in the lives of our kids here at Shepherds Hill? Your financial support can make a difference in the lives of struggling teens and their families. Donate online at licensedtoparent.org and click the donate button. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.